a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuchtel, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Our favourite winter arts festival is back. Rising begins on June 7. We work by 400 local and international artists, 185 events, and 12 world premieres. And today we've got Rising co-artistic director, Hannah Fox, here to walk us through the spectacular program. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. I feel like you've got a busy few weeks ahead of you. I do. Yeah. It's a mild snowstorm of activity for me for most of winter. You were mentioning before that your role is you're kind of jumping between all the different events, but also playing a lot of hosting. You've got, you know, quite a few international artists who are coming for Rising. You mentioned you welcomed a few artists this morning, in fact. Yeah. uh, We've just had a couple of artists arrive from Haiti, which is really exciting. Uh, They're Ghetto Biennale or artists Resistance is their collective's name um, and they'll be in Chapter House uh, with their exhibition through the whole run. And we've also got some artists here from Puerto Rico, uh, Poncilli Creation, who are incredible reality-bending improvisational puppeteers is the best way I can describe them. Um, and they've been here for a couple of weeks now building Night Trade and getting ready for that. We'll get to Night Trade definitely a little bit later. A lot of Melburnians know Rising. They've been, they love it. How is Rising different this year to previous years? We've really deliberately condensed the footprint. So it's a really tight, walkable program. We wanted people to be able to walk out of Flinders Street Station and just see the event and follow their nose. Um, One of the things that's really important for us is that it's not just a catalogue of shows that you have to be in the know about, that you can turn up and explore and have that sense of discovery. There is obviously a lot of research you could do beforehand, But I love that idea that you might decide to pop into the city one night during rising and then just go where the wind takes you. Yeah, exactly. We we try and create the widest door possible, but there are many, many deep channels to go down. (laughs) That's a really good way to describe it. Is there a theme this year that informed the programming? I think one thing that's recurring for us is around that sense of ritual and ceremony Um, to me and to Gideon, my co-director. That's a really crucial element and purpose of a festival. Um, The word festival has been co-opted for all sorts of things, but in their truest sense, it's about a community coming together, uh, really being connected to our sense of place and the moment in time. And it's something that's quite lost, I think, in, you know, modern day life, that sense of ritual. But I think of it as like dancing in a nightclub is a ceremony. Eating street food is a ceremony. You know, ritual can take so many different forms, including taking part in a 10,000 strong kazoo concert. Yeah. Let's talk, let's start there. There's quite a few elements to the program where you actually get involved. You're not just a not just coming to watch. Mm. Tell us about the kazoo party. So this is a a concept that came from an artist called Kieran Frame. In 2020, when nothing was happening, we did a call out to artists to ask them for really big ideas. And this was one that came from him. He's a composer and a researcher, and he wanted to make the most accessible large-scale orchestra possible. And kazoo's arguably the easiest instrument in the world to play. So he set about making a biodegradable kazoo that took about two years <laughs> and then creating a way of guiding 10,000 people um, in a public space. So they've been doing workshops and community sessions for the last year, really building towards this moment. And so Saturday the 10th, 
10,000 people in Federation Square are going to create an absurd, raucous sort of swarm of bees orchestra. (laughs) I feel like you might be outside of the city and hear a sound go off across the city, (laughs) the echoes of the kazoo army. Tell us about some of the other highlights of the program. I'd love to hear a bit about Euphoria, which sounds like one of those one of those parts of the program that I think lots of people will try and get to. This is an incredibly special work. It was commissioned by Rising, um, the Park Armory in New York, Rua Triennale and Holland Festival all came together to make it. Um, it's exclusive to Melbourne, so it won't be seen anywhere else. And this is a new work by Julian Roosevelt. He's a master artist and filmmaker. And honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It, it is this very unusual experience of cinema. Uh, you're walking into the Melbourne Town Hall. There's a feature screen uh, with a rolling loop that's talking about the topic of capitalism told from multiple perspectives. He calls them oracles. So these oracles are telling these stories about capitalism from the perspective of people without capital. And backing that is the Brooklyn Youth Choir. So there's a hundred children in life-size form surrounding you singing the chorus. And then there's five jazz drummers suspended on screens up in the ceiling that are creating this driving score. It really is a phenomenal work. And I just recommend that everyone gets along to that. It's You won't see anything like it. There's six scenes in total in that mm-hmm. work. And some of the ideas, I believe, were collected over a decade. It's something that he's been working on for some time. That's right. And he set out to educate himself more about the whole concept of capitalism. And the way he's done that is worked with with other writers, uh, both historical and present, and kind of woven together these multiple perspectives. So it's not telling you a tale, a moral tale. This is really about posing questions and unpacking this system that we consider you know, a, a fait accompli. And it's it's a really interesting way of approaching it. Also, the way it was made, it was mostly shot in, in Kiev, in Ukraine. Um, and when the main part of the production was being filmed was actually just before the war broke out. So the whole production had to be airlifted out of Kiev at the last moment. So it's, it's an incredibly timely reflection of where we are right now. You've got also Kate Blanchett in this piece, but it's not Kate. It's her voice and she is playing a tiger. She is voicing a tiger stalking a supermarket aisle, telling a very poetic story about capital. And the words of people like Cardi B, Snoop Dogg, Warren Buffett, they Mm -hmm. also play a part in euphoria as well. They do. And I think a lot of what they've got to say is about the euphoric aspects of capitalism that, you know, it can be both incredibly destructive, but also incredibly seductive. And so it's looking at both sides of the coin. Something that maybe feels a little more easy to interact with or something that you can kind of just turn up and have a good time is the rink where you get to ice skate under the stars. Tell us about that. Uh, So this, we wanted to make a new winter tradition for Melbourne. You know, Melbourne is one of the few cities in Australia that has a very, very real winter. (laughs) And we wanted to celebrate that and lean into it, embrace it. Um, So we've put in this incredibly grand ice rink on the banks of the Birrung or the Yarra, as most people know it. 
um, and it's backed by the, the backdrop of the city. It's a really beautiful site. There's food and wine. You can get wood fire pizza or mulled wine or hang out by the fire with a hot chocolate. Or if you're brave enough and bold enough, you can get on the ice itself. Um, most Australians are not pro ice skaters. so Definitely not. <laughs> um, I'm certainly not, but I've had a go. Um, but there are lessons available on weekends oh, and also good. through the school holiday period. So you can have a, a lesson from a professional to, to get on the ice. But also you can just have a go. It's really fun. There's a beautiful constellation of lighting above. There's DJs. It's just going to be a good vibe. So I would really encourage people to come and hang out. It's unticketed as well. The, the site. So entry to the site's free. And if you want to skate, you can buy a ticket to do that on site or online. And let's be honest, probably no one around you is going to be very steady on their feet. So we'll all be looking like a bit of a mess, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. I gripped onto the edge last year when we had it on the stage of the bowl and made my way around. But actually, with about 10 minutes, I got a little bit of confidence. So it's fun. It is really fun. Did I read that there are going to be like giant wallabies or something created by an Archibald finalist as well as part of that program? Yeah, as you're walking down to the rink from St Kilda Road uh, towards Birangma, there's a a mob of wallabies that have been created by an artist called Matthew Clark. He's an incredible artist and he, he runs what's probably best described as like a family cottage industry in Warrnambool where he makes his art. His dad carves out the sculptural forms. Matthew does the painting. His sister Jack does the books. <laughs> and they're very quickly, or his work is very quickly becoming recognised. It's been um, as part of Melbourne now at NGV. Uh, a piece has been commissioned by Mona. He's an Archibald finalist again. It's very impressionistic. He describes them as like royals in their own right. So they have crowns and kind of, they they remind me a little bit of Basquiat in their style. Oh, great. Now, Night Trade, which you mentioned earlier, sounds like a really fun time. It sounds like a party. Yeah. This is the beating heart of the festival. So it's really important to have that social space where people can find each other between before, after shows, but it's also an event unto itself. So this is in the St. Paul's Cathedral car park. Um, We've put in a a massive roof over that car park and Ponsili Creation, the puppeteers I mentioned earlier, are kind of leading the charge at Night Trade. So they've they've transformed this... um, school bus into this giant puppet that the audience can get inside and operate themselves. <laughs> Feels very Burning Man. Yeah, it's kind of, their work is just beautiful. They just had a big show at MoMA PS1. They work really fast with re- recycled materials. Like when they arrived here, the first thing they asked is, where do we get foam? And they just got to work immediately. Um, where did they get foam? They actually went to a number of different places out in Craigieburn, I believe. They usually work with city infrastructure like cranes or street sweepers or, you know, have those renter bikes, that sort of thing. So Night Trade will be really Poncilly world. Their performances will be happening constantly on the hour. Uh, and there's a whole other layer of pop-up performances, DJs, street food, but it is really a place to just come and hang out. Yeah. So it might be the place you start or end your night, Yeah, maybe come back to as you move off into different events. I highly recommend everyone gives a really good look to the Rising program. But as Hannah said, you can turn up in the city while it's on and probably find not just one but many things that will take you into another stratosphere. So Rising runs from June 7 to 18 at locations all over Melbourne. Please go and check out the program and have fun while you're there. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thanks for having me. 
That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore Mel. I'll be back again on Monday. Same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.